This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Glad you could join us for another edition of ESPN New York Tonight. I suspect Gordon Damer will be deliriously happy. We'll find out together next. At 1-800-919-3776, that's the number to join us on this Tuesday edition of the show. Along with Brian the Brain and JP, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN New York. You can reach us on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Hey, Gordon. Larry, how we doing tonight, pal? We're doing great. I have one question for you. Yeah? If I had said to you... Mm-hmm that all the Yankees had to do was go buy a turtle and they would be just like the 1927 Yankees. Why wouldn't you have gotten this turtle like in, I don't know, May? Yeah, I, I don't like when, I know I'm a technically a member of the media, I don't like when the media finds out these stories because I feel like then the, 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 the magic of it is gone. And it's going to come back to, you know, like all of a sudden that's when you're going to start losing games and everybody knows about the, the, the thing that you've been, you know, taking care of here this whole time or there's mm-hmm. some little mm-hmm. magic thing that the team has been doing on the side that nobody knows about. But, yep. uh, look, some anxious moments a little bit earlier on in the game with some stuff with uh, Stanton and obviously Tyone, but a uh, nice little Stanton little ding-dong and all of a sudden they're feeling good about things. So... <laughs> I was sitting here watching the game, and I feel like Buddha. I'm thinking of you, and I'm watching this game, and I'm and I'm laughing because I'm like, can Sanchez just corral a ball? Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my to, god! Can he just? Could, could could you give him? Maybe he needs a, a lacrosse stick. Maybe that's what he needs to do to try to catch somebody. It's unbelievable, Gordon. Remember, it's unbelievable. remember when David Letterman did the thing with like the Velcro suit? Yes. He was like all done up in the Velcro and he yes. jumped on the wall and he stuck. <laughs> he needs he needs like fly paper. He you know what? Is it illegal to use the uh, spider tack all over your body? Cuz they could just lather him up in some spider tack and at least the ball would like remain in the area at least because uh yeah, there's <laughs> there's been some <laughs> And you know what? It, it, look, he had, he ended up recovering one and getting the big out at third. Yes. Um, it, 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 he he never knocks it down enough that it like remains in the area. It's always like rocketing off a wall someplace. It's hitting off the umpire. It's like flying all over the. I mean, they don't just like trickle away. That's for no, sure. No, 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 no. He he likes to. He's going to run after it. All right. He wants to show that he can still move behind the plates. He's going to go run. And go take care of it. But I will give him credit. The play to uh, take out Brochette at third was good. Yeah, it's a key that was play. big. Yeah. And, and and I don't know if that was the right call, but it certainly was not enough to overturn it. So I think staying with it was the right call. Yeah, it looked kind of weird, didn't it? At first it looked like he might have got him on the glove, but then he didn't get him on the glove. I, I don't think he was sure if he got him on the glove. So then he moved up to try to get him on his arm, and then that's the arm he took off the base. But like you said, it was too close for them to overturn it. So listen, when you're hot, you get breaks, Gordon. Exactly. Winning teams find ways to make those plays. And as the Giants show us every single Sunday and sometimes on Thursday, losing teams find ways not to make those plays. You're right. And so, you know what? Let's begin with the Giants because I don't want to stick too close to the Yankees. I want to wait for the game to end Mm -hmm. because I I want you to be calm. You know, you know how the, you know how the you know the Yankees kind of you put you on me, a roller coaster. Something. I, yeah, I'm, I do. I'm Mr. Calm. I'm Mr. Yeah, cool. I'm Mr. Collected. You know. I know. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. And I want to keep you that way. Right. So, so let's begin with the Giants. And all right, listen, 
I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what to say about them, but we're going to hear from Chris Canty in a moment. He was on Barton Hahn yesterday. And I've known Chris a long time. And he's been a colleague of ours, Gordon, for a minute now. And I don't know that I've heard him as strong uh, with on his take of the Giants as I heard him yesterday with Barton Hahn. And this is coming from a former player. This is coming from a guy who won a Super Bowl with them. This is coming from a person who's looking at them. And when I spoke to him, because I had him on before the game on Sunday, and one of the things he was concerned about was the way the Giants had been playing defense. And, Gord, you and I had both talked about it. And we knew that there was going to be some growing pains offensively, right? What was going to happen with Saquon Barkley? How is he going to go? Well, what are they going to do with the receivers? How are they going to build some chemistry? Galladay didn't play in the preseason. Tony didn't play in the preseason. Uh, Daniel Jones, big year for him. And so there were a lot of questions on offense, but the one thing we kind of thought was that defensively they would be okay. Gordon, they have not been okay defensively. No, they've been terrible. I mean, there's no other way to – and look, maybe we should have kind of uh, expected to a certain degree a certain uh, regression, right, after like all the moves they made last year and down the stretch they played so well. That may, you know, it wasn't like that. You know, a great defense to me gets a ton of turnovers, gets a bunch of sacks, right? Like they get pressure on the quarterback, they force their will upon you, they get turnovers, they, they stop drives. It's not just about limiting points. That's the real way that the defense gets after you. So uh, I don't look at the Giants even last year while their defense was good at, at at making sure the other team didn't score per se. They weren't like unbelievable in terms of getting pressure on the quarterback. Leonard Williams had a great year, but overall, they don't have, didn't have a real good pass rush. Uh, they, uh, even though Bradbury had a good year last year, a, a very uh, you know an, a, a, a Pro Bowl year, not an All Pro year, but a, a very good first year with the Giants. It wasn't like he was picking the ball off all the time. So maybe we should have kind of expected a little bit of a regression to think that they went from good last year to downright bad and that's the re I mean that's the reason why they're as bad as they are their defense can't stop a soul yeah. and and the thing I saw today which is most troubling Mike Clay who does a great job for ESPN mm-hmm. a lot of fantasy stuff mm-hmm. toughest t- toughest remaining schedules in the NFL the Giants are 32 so oh. they have the toughest remaining oh, oh, schedule God. So if you want, and I don't, I haven't bumped into one yet, but if you wanted to be slightly optimistic about the Giants, you could make the argument they're two plays away from being two and one. Mm-hmm. And you think to yourself, well, you know, if you're, you're two plays away from being two and one, maybe there is still some hope. But the problem is you haven't played the good teams yet. Yeah. And now from this point forward, you're going to play tougher teams and you're not going to be as healthy as you were during the first three games. So it's very hard to envision a scenario where this season doesn't end in disaster. To me, it's just a question of how bad does it get. Yeah, I agree. And the thing with the Giants' defense, you made some great points, Gordon. But the one thing that stuck out with me is they made plays. They got off the field on third down last year. And they're not doing that this no. year. And, and yeah, obviously, you know, the loss of Blake Martinez is huge for them. We got it. But, you know, and, and yeah, Leonard Williams was able to put some pressure and whatnot. And they were able to do some things. But... Gordon, they're just not getting it done this year, and it is it is surprising. Once again, you look at what Atlanta's done. Now, I know everybody's going to say, oh, remember the National Football League? That's what the analysts say. They're just a team in the National Football League. Everybody else. Yeah, I get all that. Here's the bottom line. There is their quarterback 
sits in the pocket. You know where he's going to be. He's not rolling anywhere. He's not going to wander off. He's not going to take off and get big yardage down the field. You're not going to, you know, confuse him with Lamar Jackson. He's going to sit right there. And they still really didn't get a lot of pressure on him, and they didn't take one or two receivers away. They were able to get Gordon whatever they wanted to, and had they been a better team, this would have been a blowout game. The, the Falcon game was probably the the offensive opponent that is the most predictable that they will play the rest of the year, like the, the, the least faceted offense that the, you are going to face all year. I mean, neither of their running backs are anything special. Their offensive line is not all that great. Matt Ryan wasn't even all that great on Sunday. He was beaten well enough, beat, good enough to beat the Giants. But you know, it's 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 Calvin Ridley. It's the tight end, and it's it, that's pretty much it. They don't have much of a running game. Patterson is somebody they're trying to make into a running back who can catch some passes, and he's a he's a unique talent. But that's not a great offense. And 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 even then, they came right down the field when they needed to and scored on you. With ease. With ease. <laughs> Again. Again. And and you take a look at it, right? Teddy, I mean, at least now, Teddy Bridgewater at least looks like, all right, Teddy Bridgewater's having a really good year. Part of that, I think, is the opponents that they've played. But at least that one you can kind of defend. The last two weeks, the last 10 days with their season, you know, pretty much riding on these two games here to get off to a halfway decent start. They allowed Tyler Haneke to, to just go up and down the field, mm-hmm. a backup quarterback, and then – they allow the the ghost of Matt Ryan to look like it's five, six years ago. Yeah, they did. They did. And once again, offensively, Gordon, no turnovers from Daniel Jones. Played well. Played well enough to win. Yeah, you would have liked more points, obviously. You know, and and there's some play calling issues there. You got to wonder when they're going to allow him to, you know, be a bit more flexible and do some things offensively to get some more points on the board. But you're seeing some, you know, chemistry with him and Galladay. Uh, once again, though, Sterling Shepard had been their number one guy. He got hurt and left the game with a hamstring injury. So, you know, the injuries are just killing them right now. Yeah, and look, I, I do think that it's like we all kind of expect now the Giants season's done, right? Like it, it's not really a question of playoffs or anything like that. It, it's a question of like, are they going to win five games, four games, six games? Maybe, you know, they, they get a little hot and they win seven games. I find it hard to believe, but it's going to be another losing year. Gettleman's going to be finished. And it almost seems like, well, you know what? Let's not cut bait on Joe, uh, on Joe Judge just yet. And look, he's got the season to, to kind of to, to show what he can do. But is this a well-coached team? You're beginning to wonder now, right? Right? I mean, it, it, it's kind of hard to, to make the argument because there's a lot of coaches like uh, Dan Campbell in Detroit. There's no <laughs> way he has a chance to win. He doesn't have a talented no. enough team, right? No. Um, Salah with the Jets. There's mm-hmm. not enough talent there to win games. Right. I think the Giants have enough talent. To, I'm do. not saying they got to win ten games, but you got to win some games. Yeah, and 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 you look at it, they're 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 close, mm-hmm. but they're losing these games now. Partly that is on the players, right? Uh, Dexter Lawrence jumping on the field goal, or mm-hmm. or uh, you know not holding on to the interception on Sunday. But I look at Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones in his rookie year with Pat Shermer threw 24 touchdown passes. Yeah. Has he gotten close to that since? Is he no. going like he's no. he I think he's played okay so far this year. He hasn't been the, the main problem for the team. But even on a day, like we're saying, hey, you know, it played pretty well. They scored one touchdown against the Falcons. 
Yeah, it's not good. Not like, you got it. At what point? I understand you had injuries, but at what point is this offense going to start to, like, do something? It, it was a terrible offense last year. You go out, you sign Kenny Galladay, you got Barkley back. I, I mean, at what point are you going to start to score, score some points? Yeah, that's, the, that's a fair question. And guess what? With the way Dallas is playing right now and the way they look? Um, oh, I mean, yeah. I guess mean, what? The wild card may not come out of this division again. It might just be a division winner. Gordon. Right. It might yeah. just be. You don't know how the rest of the how – the, because of the way the rest of the East looks, I don't know. I, I don't see a wild card coming out of this no. division. Do you? No. Um, well, look, I mean, maybe Washington – I mean, they've been so bad defensively themselves. Uh, and I, I was not a big believer in Washington coming into the year. I wasn't a big believer in Philadelphia coming into the year. I was kind of a believer that the Giants might mm-hmm. actually get something going here. Yeah. And that obviously has turned. But you, like, watch that Dallas offense after you sat on a Sunday and you watched the Jets and the Giants. It's oh. like a different sport. It is. It is. And they did nothing. Gordon, you and I together went, could have went through some of the holes that Ezekiel Elliott had last night. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> side by side, we could have went through. Yeah. I mean, look, if Dallas doesn't win this division like by oh. almost midseason, there's something wrong. I mean, there, there's really something wrong because they are so much better. Just Even if it's just on offense, yeah. they're so much better on offense than every other team in the division. It's true. Well, if the only way they don't win is if somebody doesn't give Mike McCarthy a clock. That would be one of the well, ways they won't win. Yeah, yeah, he's got some he's got some issues as well. But it's almost like it, it's so his talent is just so overwhelming. They can't they can't not win that division. No, they can't. They're going to win, especially because they're going to be playing the Giants. They haven't played the Giants yet. <laughs> That's right. And then they and they got, and they have the division, so they got three wins there right away. Now I, I don't look. I know a couple of weeks ago against Washington, a lot of people thought that was a must win. I thought last week for the Giants, that was the game they have to win. Uh-huh. If they don't, the season's over. Right. I, I already think the season's over. If they don't win this week against New Orleans, I don't know when they do win. But what, have they, what have they shown you to make you think they could beat New Orleans? Well, no, look, New Orleans has not been great offensively. No, they haven't. You know, I mean, if the defense is ever going to show up, I think, they've, I think Jameis has passed for like 150 yards the the each of the three games that they played so he might not, be and, enough right I mean <laughs> look if you can if if the Giants can't get off the field against that um and, and I'm not saying I expect them to win but I'm just right. saying like this is the last chance for a yeah. while mm-hmm. because after this you go to the Cowboys yeah the Rams mm-hmm. the Panthers the Chiefs mm-hmm. on oh. the road the Raiders oh. and the Buccaneers no, I don't see any wins there. I mean, if you're 0 and 4, that's 0 and 5, 0 and 6, 0 and 7, 0 and 8, 0 and 9, 0 and 10. You could be 0 and 10 if you don't win this week. God. Because, like, what, what are we talking about, right? Like, if you don't win this week, oh. I mean, rank them from there, right? You don't win at the Saints. Um, I guess the next winnable game would be the Panthers at home. Mm. But after that, I mean, how many of those. Even in the most optimistic, rosy-colored glasses world, how many of those games are you going to win? Two. So you're, you're telling me right eight? now. So you're huh? telling me right now, Gordon. That, and you know, there's an article on .com. Jets have the best chance for the number one overall pick in 2022, <laughs> according to the ESPN Football Power Index. Giants right. could be number two. They, they could be flip flopping. Yeah. They could be battling. You know what's funny? When they oh. were picking two and three. 
a couple of years ago, we're all like, well, wow, when are we ever going to get a chance like this again? One team has the second pick. One team has the third pick. This is like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. Or so we thought. Apparently not. Apparently not. It could happen even more so. I'm starting to think that the Jets play another bad game. They might be the leader in the the clubhouse for 2023's number one pick with the way things have gone so far this year. And the Giants got – they could have two top seven picks, and one of them could be number one. Yeah. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Go ask me to breathe. It's Eli Manning Day. They retire in his jersey. And the Giants go out there and do that? Come on, man. You're supposed to be making me feel better, Bart. You're not making me feel better. See, and you know what see. makes me feel worse? When I look at the schedule. Where's the next win coming, Bart? Week 10 against the bye? We gonna beat the bye week? Listen. Is that what we gotta hang our hat on? I, Bart, what do you want from me? I, I don't have anything left. At least with you, you know you're starting over. You know you're in year one with a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach. You got an excuse with your Jets. What's the excuse with my Giants? Wow. I told you, Gordon, I've never heard him like that. I have never heard Chris Canty like that. He's that hanging his like hat. a full-blown panic. He, well, he's t- Listen, when anybody tells you we're looking forward to beating the bye week, that's panic. Yeah, that's <laughs> not good. I don't even know if they could stop the bye week right now. <laughs> I agree. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 9870 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Get to the calls in a minute. Let's go back. Let's hear from uh, Joe Judge because we've talked a lot about him, Gordon. And listen, let's face it. He's a conservative guy. Very conservative. This is not exactly Air Judge. No. (laughs) Offensively, that's going up and and down the field. And the way he talks – and, you know, he's very demonstrative, and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you know, when he got here, you know, it's like the Giants are, are going to be in your face, and and that, that has not matched up. I mean, they uh, – he – in terms of coaching, he would be more like a, a librarian in terms of the style. I mean, they are so conservative. Mm-hmm. And, listen, if your defense is playing well – it's okay to be that conservative, Gordon. You know what I'm saying? It's okay right. because they're holding the score down and or you're not asking a lot of your offense. Here, you're almost treating him like he's a rookie quarterback or a managing quarterback just to manage the game, and that's how they look offensively. But this defense is not playing like they did last year. you got to put points on the board to win in games now. Yeah, I, I thought, and I, I'm probably the only person who felt this way, after everything that they did in the, in the Washington game, uh, in terms of playing conservative, especially that, sh- that, that, that series after they, they get the turnover. They come out on Sunday. They get the ball back from Atlanta. They drive down the field. They have a fourth and goal. I know it was from the six or the seven-yard line. To me, after hearing all week, you know, 10 days about how conservative you are, you got the Falcons in your building. It's fourth and seven. And let's say you go for it and you don't get it. Well, then the Falcons are starting from the six or the seven-yard exactly. line. Exactly. You know, could you show me a li- so show me a little something? And I get it. Maybe they're worried about the quarterback turning the ball over because he's been, you know, he's has been a, a turnover machine in the past. But again, I'm not saying you have to do it all at once, but you got to start to trust him at some point. You got to kind of like ease into trusting him. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was a huge blown opportunity, and you saw it. They they played that entire first half. They kind of dominated that first half. They were up 6 nothing yeah. at the half. And you knew at that point, Giants are in trouble. 
Because right. if they haven't scored at this point and kind of broken this open, you've just allowed this team to hang around. By the way, Giro Osala solo shot 7-2 Yanks. Here's Joe Judge saying, we got to keep working, man. No, I think the DNA of our team is the team comes back and goes to work. Okay, look, no one's going to be happy after a loss. That's the reality of what it is, okay? The element of what we do as professionals, we got to come back and go to work. We got to watch the tape. We got to key on it. We got to prepare for a tough opponent coming up next week. So, in terms of, you know, the morale of the team, you know, I trust in the way the guys work, the way I see them work on a day in, day out basis, and they stick together as a team. That's the biggest part right there I'm looking for is how they work. Uh, I'm looking for how they work on the field, not during the week. Yeah, how do the they game. play? Can we start judging them <laughs> about how they play rather than how they work? <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. That, that's what I want to see. How will they respond? And listen, Gordon, they've not responded well. They no. haven't. Nope. Let's face it. Saquon Barkley, 16 carries for 51 yards. Uh, and for receiving, he was 6 for 43. So, you know, listen, he had almost uh, over 100 yards combined. So he was asked after the game, are you back? There's definitely more to go. Um, I, I, I can see it. Uh, you know, my teammates can see it. They, they've been telling me that it's coming. I'm starting to look like myself again. But uh, I knew this road wasn't going to be easy. But I'm a steep. But just like how right now, you know, the season ain't started how we started, uh, how we would like. Uh, but I'm going to keep coming to work. I'm going to keep pushing myself, keep pushing the team, keep being a leader, and keep going. Well, listen, I, I would like to see him get the ball a little bit more, Gordon. Yeah, they got us. I mean, he's a guy that caught 90 balls in his rookie season. I know. I know you don't want to burn him out and have him taking, you know, too many carries and too many touches at the beginning of the game and stuff like that. In the beginning of the season, he's still kind of working his way back in there. But, you know, on Sunday, when the guys go down on offense that go down on offense, you're looking for offense. Here, here, He's here. He's right here, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's standing right there. He's in the game. He's playing. Can you get him the ball and get him some space? And maybe, I mean, that was that what that game was calling for. It was calling for one big play. Mm-hmm. And you yep. didn't get him the ball enough to make let him get that one big play. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Gordon, I'm watching uh, Yankees. You'll yeah. see it in a minute. Yeah, no, I saw it. He, that guy, uh, Hernandez, played the ball like me in the uh, LaGreca softball game. <laughs> <laughs> Took you know, a couple of steps in and then went over his head. He's, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was going over my head. Well, I, I guess he thought it was going out of the ballpark anyway. Why should I move? Oh, yeah, maybe I should move. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Misjudge that. That's a professional outfielder. I don't feel so bad about me anymore, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I was just – I was I was, t- I was uh, talking to the guys. I did my uh, Mark Jackson when, when Stanton came up the bat. Mama, there goes that man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least they, at least they kept them in the ballpark. I mean, that was a, another rocket, it but was. Uh, at least it, it was. stayed in the ballpark. Uh, we were debating this, uh, Gordon, real quick. Uh, you sent Severino back out for the ninth, um, or did you go to the bullpen? How many pitches did he throw? I didn't see what the number was. He threw uh, 19. Hold on, I'll tell you in a second. 19, 15 pitches, eight for strikes. Yeah, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't send him back out for another inning. I mean... I would think so. I'd have to see what the other numbers were. I feel like he's thrown 30 pitches in the past, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not like he has to work up to anything, and he's thrown 15. Yeah, I mean. Now, keep in mind, this is the guy who pulled Clay Holmes. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's Andrew Haney time. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Is he still on this roster? I haven't seen anybody even remotely looks like Andrew Haney. Yeah, I think he's still on the roster. Um 
I'm guessing the guys. I'm <laughs> guessing that the only reason they're holding him is if they have like a game that gets out of hand early, right? And they need somebody to eat innings. They don't want to burn out a whole bunch of guys. So that will be his. That's mm-hmm. the only possible role he could possibly have at this point. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I do. I do. All right, real quick, let's pay off the uh, tees, as they told us in, in ESPN school. <laughs> Gordon. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson right. on KJ, J. Will, and Max. Still wondering if Daniel Jones is the guy. He's trending in that direction for what it is right now. We have to see if is Joe Judge going to make it? Is Jason Garrett going to make it? Is Gettleman going to make it? Are all three of those guys going to be back next year? Let's assume not. The new coach comes in and he evaluates it, as Mike says. We sit down. We're going to look at it. Can I work with him? Because if I know I can work with him and he gives me the best chance to be successful, if Kevin Stefanski, for some odd, weird, strange reason, goes from Cleveland to the New York Giants, Daniel Jones is going to be okay because he'll know what to do with him. But if you get somebody that don't know what the hell they're doing, the first thing they're going to do, ah, get rid of him, Sam Darnold like. And then you're going to mess it up. So you take that running back like Mike is saying and Saquon Barkley. So whoever the quarterback is, is going to be successful. No quarterback in the National Football League with my eyeballs outside of Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, who has Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, has ever been good without a running back. Not one. Hmm, interesting. Now, on the Michael K. show, Gordon Steve Young said he doesn't like what he's seeing from Daniel Jones. The signals are bad. Like in the preseason, I told you guys before, defenses are way behind offenses. It used to be opposite. It's an unfair fight with defense. If you're not scoring points, especially early in the season when defenses are behind, that's an indictment on you. And so Daniel has to eat that with everyone on the offense. That's, look, this of all the times that you're going to score points, even if you're not that great, is in September. And so if they're not, that's super concerning. And if Saquon's rushing for you know, 2.3 yards of carry and, you know, ekes out 40, 50 yards and Daniel can't put it in the end zone. All signs to me for the Giants are not great. Wow. That, that's that's not good news, Gordon. <laughs> no. Because they're not putting up points in September. That means they're not going to put up points all season. Yeah. Well, look, here, here's the thing that ha- Daniel Jones has going in his favor, and it's a little early. And I'll be honest with you, I don't watch a lot of college football mm-hmm. as much as I love the draft. It doesn't seem like, to me, from what I've been looking at so far, and again, it is early, it doesn't look like it's a great quarterback draft this year. Mm. Like, at least so far, the guys that I've seen uh, atop a lot of the mock drafts, it's not been quarterbacks. So, if let's say the, Gi- the Giants have the third pick in the draft or the fourth pick in the draft. If it were a year ago and Daniel Jones is just like, okay – then I think that there's the possibility of them not moving forward with him. But if you're saying that there's not a great quarterback draft this year, well, then where are you tur- what you think Aaron Rodgers is saying, you know what, I'm leaving Green Bay and I'm going to the New York Giants. Or Russell Wilson say, you know, I got to get out of Seattle who goes to the playoffs all the time and you know where I got to go? I got to go to the Giants. So if there's not an option in the draft and there's not one of these free agents or, or – or, veteran quarterbacks who could be on the move. Yeah, I think you're kind of stuck with Daniel Jones, no? Yeah, I agree. I agree. You got to ride him out. Now, the new GM may not want to. (laughs) Right. Because there probably will be a new GM. 
Right. Well, look, again, it might turn out that the like at this point last year, I don't think anybody was talking about Zach Wilson. Right. And like, right. nobody was saying his name at any point. So mm-hmm. maybe over the course of the year, there's guys that show themselves to be top flight picks. And, and if the Giants have like a, if they find themselves in the same spot as the Jets found themselves in next year or last year, excuse me. Yeah, there's a very good possibility they could move on from Daniel. I mean, like, Daniel mm-hmm. Jones has been okay, but have you seen anything so far in Daniel Jones that makes you think he's going to be a top-10 quarterback? No, I have no, not. No, I mean, and look, it's very early. Maybe he could show that over the top, but I don't mm-hmm. think that anybody can say that definitively yet. Yeah. But then how do I know if I'm looking at him being handcuffed by play calling? I mean, they have no, they have no confidence in him. And they're not, I mean, even letting, they're not letting him get the ball down the field. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I is, hear you. Is that the indictment? He, he, is, yeah. is that is that what they're telling me that they don't trust him? So I should look at that and say, you know what? If they as bad as this team has played and they have the ability to stretch the field, that's why they went out and got these uh, got these weapons for him, and they're still not using them. Then maybe they're telling me what I need to know. Maybe that's possible. Could be. By the way, Wandy Peralta is in the game. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Spike is in St. Pete. Hey, Spike, you're up first on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, boys, good to talk to you. Catch me at the end of my day. By the way, I'm seeing an orthopedic surgeon. I'm, I'm doing well, by the way. And uh, he worked for five years for Dr. James Andrews, who mm. I think is now 80. Yeah, he's a football player in Northern Alabama. Good doc. He's a real good guy. Help me out. So you, I quoted, I was talking to him. I said, he says, oh, yeah, I said, I call uh, ESPN New York. And he says, what did I say up there? I said, I got a couple of friends up there, a bunch of friends up there. And one of them, I mentioned your name, Larry. I said, he said, how the Yankees going to do? Because my Larry Carey is a uh, Tampa fan. I said, it's not who you're playing, it's when you're playing them. And tonight's game's a perfect example. I wouldn't pitch the stand. I'd give him four pitches. <laughs> he's hammering everything. He's really uh, he's really hot. And uh, I only think, well, they got three, four hits to uh, Toronto. That's it. And, uh, you know, listen, save Chapman and win one more game at least. If you take this one tonight, three more outs. But Toronto just looks inexperienced to me. they got a lot of bats of former Major League Baseball players, uh, kids. But, mm. uh, listen, I wanted six and three, and I'm, I'm hoping, you know, get at least six and three, seven and two. And I'm, uh, I never gave up on the Yankees. I just said, get the fielding together. Remember, Larry? Yeah. Saying, yep. Don't make those stupid errors. And uh, this is looking good. Gordon, you must feel pretty good so far. Well, look, uh, I think we all wanted six and three, seven and two. They got, uh, they're on the way to getting four. So we, we, you got four in the bank if you can get tonight. So that's a, that's a good way to start a, a, a nine-game stretch that's going to de- de- decide whether or not you're in the playoffs or not. Yeah, it may it may be wild and good to hear you guys. I'm gonna catch some shut up, but it's it's funny to it's funny to uh, watch it because you're going through the same machinations. You're talking to Larry Gordon. I'm talking to my buddy on the other line, and and he's going, uh, oh, you don't have to use Chapman. You got one more run." I never understood that either, Larry. I, I'm old, I'm so old fashioned. Why do you only bring your closer in when he can get a save? <laughs> Unless it's the last game of the World Series, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just just bring them in if you need to nail it down. I yeah. never understood that, but uh, so far so good. The baseball's good. One comment on the Jets, and know Buddha's been saying this all along, and I totally agree with him. I'm getting some blowback from a couple of guys on the station, and that's fine. This general manager for the Jets, I think he, all the McCagnan guys, I think are gone, right? Most all of them. 
Yeah, just about. And if that's the case, what has this guy done? The GM for the Jets. What has he done? He's struggling right now. His guys are struggling. They're not helping him out, Spike. I'm telling you. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. Be well. They're not they're not helping him out. And the Gordon, be- they're not even available. That's the other thing. The best decision Joe Douglas made, getting a six-year contract. <laughs> because if he yeah. had a four-year deal, at this point, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I get, you know, everybody will say, well, you know, he didn't get to run the draft that one year. He only had last year's draft and this year's draft. Well, yeah, it's true you need generally three years to judge a draft. If all the guys from the draft last year are basically not playing, yeah, that's not a good sign. No. That's a sign no. that that was not going to turn. Like, it's generally like, well, you know what? The first year, none of the guys played on a team that was god-awful and had the second pick in the draft. Uh, but after that, all of a sudden, things turned around. So it's certainly looking like that first draft is just going to be an absolute complete bust. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case for a team, I mean, you're just looking to get to, like, regular bad. Like, mm-hmm. that would be a step up right now to be yeah. regular bad if you were yeah. the Jets. And yeah. they're miles away from even that. Yeah. They're gone in the, they've gone in the – they've regressed. Oh, I think they're somehow against all odds. They got rid of Adam Gase, and they've actually been worse offensively. That, I mean, out of all the things that have happened in the last 18 months, that might be the most bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Put it in the books, Gordon. There you go, baby. Seven up two. by two over the Red Sox. Up by three now over the Mariners and Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Trend. This is what you call trending in the right direction, Larry. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. They're, they're playing well. And and this is the time to do it. <laughs> you need it. And, uh, Gordon, I don't want to say anything, but uh, how about those Orioles, huh? You know, I was thinking about doing a little promo code tonight because, really? you know, the Red Sox just got come off getting swept. They're playing mm-hmm. the Orioles. Everybody else in the division beats the Orioles. Mm-hmm. They got to win that game, right? I mean, right. how could they possibly – and they go and lose to the Orioles. Oh, my God. How is mm-hmm. – now, luckily, I did not uh, get to the uh, the little phone and the app on time. Uh-huh. And I saved myself some money. Yeah, it was the best best decision I made tonight. There you go. There you go. So the Orioles are saying, huh, we can, beat up, we can beat some teams other than the Yankees in the division too when it counts. Oh, God bless them. God bless those Orioles. The Twins and the Orioles helping the Yankees out here, you know? And the Yankees helping themselves out by getting the wins and taking advantage. Because exactly. how bad would you feel right now is, you mean to tell me that the Orioles beat the Red Sox and we could win? Oh, you would be miserable. Right, exactly. Gordon, you would be miserable right now. So the magic number to clinch a wild card spot would mm-hmm. be now three, right? Yeah, I think it's three. I think it's three. That's it. Not too and you bad. Get an extra, and you got a game of you got a game of. And listen, uh, who's who's happier that the Orioles won tonight than the Blue Jays? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. That's keeping the minute. Yeah, it's keeping the minute. So, Gordon, uh, <laughs> the NBA has got an issue. <laughs> you think? Yeah. yeah, the NBA's yeah. got an issue. Now, the positive side is that, from what we understand, 90% of the league is vaccinated. Right. It is the ones who aren't that's an issue. And New York, New York, San Francisco are also issues because what's weird about this is that they have set mandates, right, for the athletes in New York and San Francisco. You have to be vaccinated to vaccinated to be involved in indoor activities, okay? So uh, Kyrie Irving, who we're not sure 
if he's been vaccinated or not, he has not said. But the fact that he was on the Zoom when everybody else was in the arena yesterday would lead you to believe that he may not be vaccinated. May not be. All right. But we know that if he doesn't get vaccinated, that he won't be able to play in, what's that, 41 games for the Nets plus practice. Right. Plus the games at the Garden. Right. Plus postseason. Right. And when they play the Golden State Warriors, he won't be playing. Right. And the same thing with uh, Andrew Wiggins, who's in the same situation. Mm -hmm. The crazy thing with this ruling, Gordon, is, and I'm just finding out about it, found out about it today, is that even though because you're from New York, you can't do that, if you're coming out of town and you're not vaccinated, you can play. What are we doing here? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. What are we doing? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And I would just say, look, the fact – the fact that it's Kyrie, I guess there's a possibility. The fact that you're, if you're not saying whether you're vaccinated or not, you're not vaccinated. Like, he's just saying that because he doesn't want to answer the questions of the media. He, you know, some of the, the I don't know if you've seen the story in Rolling Stone about him liking various posts on, on Instagram about, you know, conspiracy theories mm-hmm, and, and, mm-hmm. and rabbit holes that, uh, you know, I don't want to get into here, but I mm-hmm. mean, it's some bizarre, you know, microchips and secret societies and all that yes. type of nonsense. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, are the Nets going to do, I, I mean, if he's not going to play in like 50 games this season, I mean, it's clear who's running the show with the Brooklyn Nets, and mm-hmm. I guess as long as as long as Kyrie Irving doesn't run afoul of of Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant wants him around. I guess he's okay. Yeah, because it's it's pretty clear that those guys are running the organization however they see fit, and if there ever becomes a moment where Kevin Durant says, "You know what? I'm done with this. I, I, I'm not I'm not dealing with this anymore." He'll be gone. I mean, they yeah. will, they'll trade him someplace, and I'm pretty sure. I mean, you hear Stephen A. report. It almost seems like if, if they had gotten that go-ahead already, he would already be gone mm-hmm. after last year. I mean, yeah. taking off, you know, going off and, and doing whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it, not explaining it to the team. We don't need, you know, all the other stuff. It, it's clear he, he thinks, and, and, and by the way, he gets to act. He's above the rules. Mm-hmm. We don't need a coach. I could be the coach one night. Anybody can be the coach. The media, they're pawns, you know. I don't have to answer your questions. He can do whatever he wants. And, and, and people will say, well, who does he think he is? Well, he's, he gets to do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. The organization gives him the leeway to do whatever he wants. So I don't know how they plan on handling this because they can't force him to do it. Nope. But the rules are the rules. Like, is he going to find some – sort of legal loophole that he can somehow get a, a clearance for? I don't know. It's that's the that's the feeling I got from watching the video of him on the Zoom kind of like he I think he kind of thinks he's going to be able to find some loophole like Wiggins tried to find and wasn't able mm-hmm. to do so. Yeah. And the scary thing here and you asked the question what can the Nets do? Well, also Stephen they reported that and he's mentioned it. Uh Gordon that if they trade him, he might retire. <laughs> I mean, uh, all I will say, Larry, and I said this when when the whole deal went down. I'm very happy he did not end up on the Knicks. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that there's been a day that Nick fans have regretted him not coming to the Knicks. Let's put it that way. And mm-hmm. think about all the times Nick fans have regretted this thing or that thing. Yeah. Guys that they got, guys that they didn't get. Yeah. I don't think that there's ever been a time where Nick fans have thought to themselves, "Man, wish we had Kyrie Irving." Yeah, 
You're right. Haven't been. I, I can't think of one. <laughs> <laughs> and look, and, and, and this is not to take anything away from how he is as a player. He's an Great unbelievable talent. player. Incredible talent. talent. Beautiful to watch on the court. Incredible the things he can do. Yep. But, I mean, at some point, are, are, you, are you worth it? Are you worth the drama? Yeah. That's the question. And God, does he love the – I mean, he, he does things – it almost is like he goes out of his way to create these type of things so that he and, – and, it, and it's almost like he, he doesn't like to, to – he pretends like he doesn't like to deal with it, mm-hmm. but he's the one that's creating it from, from, the, from the get-go. Yeah, he is. Well, Jay will weigh in on Kyrie's situation. We'll hear from him in a second. Let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Here's – Tyrell in Manhattan. Tyrell, I'm sorry. Tyrell, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how you guys doing? I'm a big fan of the show. Hey, Tyrell. Hey, so I just want you to know to address this Kyrie situation real quick. But before I begin, I wanted you to say a quick happy anniversary to my lady, Asia. You know, it's been a beautiful 10 years. I love you very much, and I can't wait for the next thing. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Now that all the pleasantries out the way, let me just say, I've been hearing a lot of, you know, a lot of fans clamoring for Kyrie to be traded. Let's be real. With or without this whole COVID situation, Kyrie was probably going to miss half the season anyway. He's unreliable. It is what it is. This might honestly be a good thing. It prevents him from getting injured. Maybe he could use his time to go do his little parties, his little fan vacations, and be ready for the playoffs. So I think right now, it is what it is with him. The Nets just need to focus on the playoffs and hope that everybody's healthy and they can rock and roll. Thank you guys for the call. I appreciate you. Have a good night. All right, All right. Terrell. Thanks for checking in. You, listen, Gordon, he might not be wrong about him missing so no, many games. No, I mean, he, he, <laughs> he is completely – he is probably the most unreliable superstar. I mean, he misses regular season, postseason, playoff games. He misses uh, NBA finals games. Uh, he he missed, he's, he's got a lot of injuries. And and now the last two – I'm just wondering, like, are the Nets going to continue to pay him if he doesn't play in the games? Yeah, that that's the interesting thing. How does this go? And, I don't know, man. And what? here's the other side of it, right? The union, no matter how they feel, they got to protect him. Right. They got to protect him. He's one of their guys. And, and Gordon, he's a VP. Uh, right. He's high <laughs> up. He's He's been voted to this position. He's a VP. Oh my lord! I mean, I don't, I don't know what they can do. I really don't know. I mean, I don't know. Do I? If I'm the Nets, do I really want to pay him? And the funny for not thing playing. Is, for the funny thing was, remember when like they were they were contemplating last year? Was it during the shutdown about like whether or not to continue? And Kyrie was like, "No, we should shut the whole thing yeah, down." Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. He was. He was. Without even consulting with Chris Paul, who's the president <laughs> no, of the union. No. Let's know, shut it down. Went... We'll shut it down, guys. Let's shut it down. Wait, yeah, wait, wait, wait. what are you saying? Wait, wait, shut down. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> exactly. Shouldn't we, shouldn't we uh, have a conversation about this before you go out and tell, tell what <laughs> to do? You're, are not. you speaking for Kyrie or speaking for the union? That's he's the question. Speaking, he's only speaking for one person, and, <laughs> and there's only one person who understands a lot of times what he's talking about, and that's Kyrie. We were talking about Kyrie Irving. Here's what uh, Jay Will said about the Kyrie Irving situation this morning, Gordon. 
The Brooklyn Nets are in a tough bind here, man. For anybody that says, well, just trade him, who are you trading him to? Kyrie Irving has made strong statements that have came out from other people in his camp that he has not come out and publicly stood against Nick Wright and him are in this little spat going back and forth. And pretty much his representation or somebody that represented him said, if Kyrie Irving gets traded, like he, he does not want to play anywhere else but Brooklyn. Him and Kevin Durant have a very special, special relationship. So my question is, if you're throwing out trade scenarios for him, now if you're the opposing team, if you're that GM of another team, Minnesota or another team that's trying to get him, even Cleveland, you're saying, I'm not sure this guy will even play if he is involved in the trade for me. So why would I give up my valuable assets for something I'm not going to get anything on the court production in return? And look, Kyrie, I would not put it past him. I'm not saying I know this for a fact, but he has grossed earned close to $126 million in his NBA career. That's not counting shoe contracts. That's not counting endorsements, all the other stuff that comes along with it. It wouldn't shock me if Kyrie says, all right, if you want I'm not going to play basketball anymore. Let's see how that works out for you. So Kevin Durant yesterday at Nets Media Day was asked about Kyrie's status. Are you concerned about his availability at home games going forward? No. So you expect that not to be an issue? I expect it not to be. I don't mean that's on Kyrie and that's his personal decision. What he does is not on us to speculate what what may happen, but we trust in Kyrie and I expect us to have our whole team at some point. Does he privately, Gordon, he being Kevin Durant, and say, listen, yo, psst, get the vaccine, man. <laughs> Stop. Wow. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that would be a tact that would work with him anyway, right? Like, yeah. he just kind of does whatever he wants, and, and, and it seems like, to a certain degree, Kevin kind of wants to be that way as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not in terms of the vaccine, but, you know, he's such a superstar. He, he He's running the organization, I never, I never want to hear about you know the Nets and, and Sean Marks and, and and he's doing this and he's doing, the the guys running the organization are Durant and Kyrie. I mean, yeah. it's never been more crystal clear, ever. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know if he said, "Hey, dude, you know uh, the fact that they're saying that." I, I will say this: with Kyrie, it feeds into there does seem to be a standard that something will happen, he'll do something. It gets this big reaction, and then it turns out not to be the thing that we all kind of were focusing on, and he's like, well, Mm. see, you know. So maybe he will end up getting the vaccine uh, before the season opens. Maybe he's got some loophole uh, to be able to play, even though he hasn't gotten it. I don't know. Um, I'll just say this. In terms of his contract, he's in the final year of his deal with the Nets. Mm-hmm. I believe. And then he has a player option for 22-23. I would think that, I mean, guys with expiring contracts get traded all the time. That's not really, I don't think, the issue. So, like, say some team is like, well, we don't want to trade for him because uh, he's not going to play for us. Why would we give up? Well, a lot of teams like to, you know, clear out cap space or for whatever reason. So, I think that that's at least a possibility. I think the bigger hurdle is whether or not Kevin Durant ever gets fed up over there. Yeah. To that's me, that's the, the first stop. Right. And, and, and if that happens, well, he'll be gone tomorrow. I mean, yeah. they'll figure out a way. Exactly. And Gordon. And Ben Simmons will be running point for the Nets. Right. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Durant will be like, well, we got rid of the problem. Now, bring, bring. and all of a sudden, uh, Ben Simmons will be, you know, a, another whole kettle of fish, which has his own issues. Buddha's in the Bronx. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, good evening, my people. How you doing tonight? Buddha. You know, um, not not trying to pick any sides, nothing like that. I'm not trying to get into any of that because it is truly a personal choice. Um, 
you know, I'm fully vaccinated, family's fully vaccinated, all those things. But I do understand, you know, the other side of it, the coin with people individually, you know, especially since this vaccine is not really truly a vaccine. It's more like a COVID lessener. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can still get it, <laughs> but, you know, it'll save your life. Right. It is a personal choice. But, um, you know, all I say is this much is that, um, you know, the winner of the World Series, the Super Bowl, and uh, the NBA Finals is going to be whoever keeps their stars uh, COVID negative at the most imperative time of those sports, which is the playoffs. You know, it is what it is, man. You know, you can't force anybody to do anything. And the more you talk about it, like Michael K said, people are dug in. Oh, you know, my um, God. Absolutely. Come on. Like, they're still come running on. those ads during the Yankee games about the va- – I'm like, who is this guy talking to? Like, everybody <laughs> – dude, it's too late. Everybody's Everybody's got their side at this point. You're just talking to nobody at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, what's more, what's more foolish, the, that that commercial or the one where they show um, the girls and everybody dancing in the club, clapping with the masks? <laughs> no mask going on in no nightclub. I mean, stop it. it, it you know, it, it, let's 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 move on from that because, like I said, it's just it's just an endless discussion. And the Nets made their own bed. You know, they you know, like you said, they gave power to the players. You know, and you, you banked on one guy who really wants to win a championship, and you banked on another guy who already quit on another team. That was your foolishness, you know. But um, you know, Papa Lodge, Spike, you know, I love him to death. You know, his comments was very astute earlier, and he, you know, he brought me up, and I appreciate that. You know, I feel like Papa Lodge got my back. Um, Papa Lodge and Brucey, I, re- I really love the two of them. You know, Brucey standing his back to um. That Florida, Stanton, I mean, this boy is in the zone. You know, we got a chance to beat anybody if he's playing like that. But, um, you know, Papa Lodge said something, and, you know, let's, let's take the opinions and the feelings out of it and everything like that. You know, look at the Jets' remaining schedule. There's five games that they could possibly win. The Falcons, the Bengals, the Colts, the Texans, and the Jaguars. And if I was going to press you, you know, to, to, to uh, bet some money that meant something to you, you would say, yeah, the Jets could beat the Jaguars. But when it comes to the Falcons, maybe, the Bengals, maybe, the Colts, maybe, and the Texans, maybe. Now, with the Falcons, it all depends on what happens next week. If they win that game against Washington, they go to 2-2. Two and two. That team's going into London feeling like a, a totally different team than, you know, that they felt like a week ago. With the Bengals, they're trending up. You know, their quarterback, is he's a playmaker and he's a button star. I really don't see us winning that game. With the Colts, maybe we could win that game. You know why? It's because the Colts are trending down. I mean, that Carson Wentz thing, this guy's injured already. You can see that that's not going to work out. The Texans, maybe we could win the game depending on who's the quarterback. I mean, if Tyrod Taylor comes back by the time, <laughs> we're not winning that game. You know we're not. So they have worst-case scenario, they win one game, which is the Jaguars. Best-case scenario is they win all three. Of, I mean, they win all five of them. You know, the truth is always in the middle. And that basically means that we're going to have a better year than we had last year, right? We went 2 and uh, 14. 14. Mm-hmm. This year, we're going to go 3 and 14. <laughs> <laughs> you so, picked you know, up a half turn. game. <laughs> That's progress. You know, <laughs> I just, listen, and I'm not trying to bang on this dude. I don't even really want him to get fired. But I just, you know how sometimes when we're not self-aware, of the mistakes that we made, and we, we have a, a like like Masala was talking about the system is proven and anything like that. 
you know, you got to adjust to that. That system was proven in San Francisco. You don't got those dogs to run that system here. So you got to scale it back and you got to change it. But like with Joe Douglas, you had a system that worked well in Baltimore. And you know why that system worked well in Baltimore? It's because you already had people in place that were already established players in this league. This team is totally void of talent. So if we go 3-14, and 14, which, let's be honest, even 2-15 and 15 is on the table, as Michael K said earlier, mm-hmm. if this takes place, what's going to be Joe Douglas's explanation? Because I listen to Greeny, and, you know, he's where I was last year. But there's a fan that is absolutely, you know, captain positive. We all know who it is. Is is, is Ira, mm-hmm. and you know Ira. We call him Job in my house because he's got a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. I heard him say the other day, you know, I'm at that point where I'm ready to leave this team alone. Wow. So if he's ready to leave this team alone, if he's ready to leave this team alone, you go three. <laughs> or worse, 2-15, and 15, what is it that Joe Douglas is going to not forget about say to us? What is it that he's going to be able to say to the ownership of this team moving forward that next year is going to be different? You don't go from 2-15 and 15 to 10-7. and 7. It doesn't work like that. So, like you said, Gordon, the six-year contract. So that was the best thing he ever did, man. When is it just going to be doing? It's 2021 right now. You're telling me that, like, with your job, imagine you went to your bosses. Check this out. You guys work in radio, right? You know, you have a good show, you talk, and you bring people in every day. Imagine, like, nobody called and nobody was listening. And you said to the heads of ESPN, listen, by 2024, we're going to have some <laughs> listeners here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call. <laughs> He's cracking himself up. It's pretty funny, Gordon. It's funny. It is. I tell you this, he won't have to say that, Gordon, because they'll let he'll they'll let him go. He will not live out his six-year contract, Gordon. No, They're not going to no, do it. No, no, he'll no. He'll be gone. Not, not, not he'll six be years. gone. No, no. He's not. He, he won't worry look, about that. As bad as this year looks like it's going. He's not. I don't think he's going anywhere after this year. No, but he'll be on the hot seat next year. Yeah, he'll be on the hot seat next year. He'll be in the hot seat this year with fans and media and that type of stuff. But the Jets are not going to fire him. I mean, how many people do they still have under contract? Yeah, you know. So, um, so he won't go this year. But he'll. But but next year he'll be on the hot seat. And if it doesn't improve, you know, he'll be out of here. And you know what? I'm listening to Buddha run this down, and I'm like. Are they scoring any points in any of these games? Because otherwise, right? Yeah, <laughs> they may not win any of them. I, I don't know. Like I've seen more from every team he mentioned than I've seen from the Jets. Yeah, the Jets are. And, and think about this: Joe Douglas now is into you know his second draft, his third year. The Jets have the longest playoff drought in the sport, and you'd have to say they've never been further away. Mm-hmm. And that's coming off of last year. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. There's no question about it. They need, if at least you could see something from your young quarterback, Gordon, you may lose, but at least if you could see something from your young quarterback starting this week, something positive, where at least they, they get a drive where they score early. I mean, here's the troubling thing. The troubling thing is, 
Gordon, so many of the offensive guys script the first 15 plays. They're not even working. No. Like the first plays coming out of the locker room are not even working. They, they haven't – They haven't. I mean, the only touchdowns they scored were in the second half of a game yeah. that was 16 nothing at halftime. Exactly. So, the, so that's what you need to see. You understood this was not going to be a banner year record-wise. You knew that going right. in. But you hope to see something from your young quarterback to let you know that, hey, you know what, if things continue – and he gets better and better. We'll be okay. We'll be. He's showing you. And it's not even him. I can't even blame him. No, I mean, two of the three games, he had no chance. Not at and, all. And, he, and he's not the guy you're supposed to be relying on at this point. No. It's, supposed to be, it's supposed to be about all the other people kind of lifting him up, and then at some stage, he's gonna he's gonna overcome the flaws of the team. And, and mm-hmm. the real worry is, like, unless the offense gets going here to some some form of a respectable level. At some point, the defense is going to be like, they can't take it every single no, week where they, they got to take the brunt of it. You saw it this past week. They couldn't yeah. hold on after, you know, at a certain point. They're being asked to do everything themselves without anything from the offense. Yeah. And, and the bad thing this week, too, was you start to see more penalties, right? And, and right. penalties that hurt you. You know, penalties on special teams that cause you to move back from take you away from field goals and stuff like that. So now the penalties are sticking in because listen, in that thin air, Gordon, they they, they wore out. Oh, and you knew course. that thin air was going to be in this. You knew it was going to be a factor. You knew going in, and they just couldn't hang. Couldn't hang. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety eight point seven ESPN.